Well, we still haven't had that snowfall that we were promised, have we? Oh well, here's the theme tune. You are listening to episode number 28 of That's a Freebie. Thank you for listening. This week, I'm going to tell you all about that Virgin Media install that I mentioned last week. I'm going to talk about uh, The Birthday Boy. A uh, little weird scene that happened uh, outside my work this week. And I'm going to tell you the story of my first day on the road in my first ever car after passing my driving test. And obviously, I've got to have an AI question of the week. I haven't really got a gripe of the week this week, so we're going to leave that one out. Although, you know, still January, so let's say it's January again. And I, of course, have a pick of the week. Why don't I start you off with some follow-up then from last week? I mentioned that I had ordered a Virgin Media self-install kit, and then I wasn't really looking forward to setting it up because... When does setting up broadband ever go well, really? Um, the answer to that is um, but this one time. <laughs> it was so straightforward, I couldn't believe it. I took the uh, router out of the box, plugged it in, connected it to the outlet, connected it to the actual broadband outlet, turned it on. It spent the next 20 minutes doing some updates, which is exactly what it said it was going to do. Uh, all the lights did everything that they're supposed to do, and then it just came on. I had broadband. Straightforward. I, I couldn't believe how easy it was because I've never had that happen. Every single time I've either moved house and had to move my internet connection or I've moved to a different service provider, it's been a nightmare because it just hasn't come on the date it's supposed to come on. Um, often, I think the best I've ever had is about three weeks after it was supposed to be activated. But nope, this was on straight away. It was uh, pretty amazing. There was, however, one thing that I didn't anticipate, uh, which is pretty much what happens in my day-to-day -day life all the time. Um, I didn't consider the home automation stuff that we have in the house. Now, don't get me wrong, we don't have a lot, but the ones we do have are pretty, um, I suppose, important. Uh, they're not important. We could have lived without them. It would have been fine. Uh, but uh, one of them is important. We have the... Uh, the UVB light for the Leopard Gecko, that is on a um, HomeKit-enabled plug so that it will come on and go off at certain times of the day. Uh, well, once in the day, once at night, uh, to simulate um, sunrise and sunset for the Leopard Gecko. And we, uh, we didn't have... Uh, well, that was no longer connected. And I didn't even consider that that would need to be done it just it never entered my mind for some reason in my head i think i was just thinking this is all controlled by my phone uh, obviously it's not it needs a wi-fi connection to get to all these things uh, but the only reason i noticed is when i left the house to go and pick the kids up from school the ring doorbell kept flashing a white light at me and i looked at it i was like i thought what what the hell is that doing that for i don't even know what that means um so i got in the car drove picked the kids up came back uh, the white light wasn't on but when we got to the house the the white light came on. So I, I sort of did that thing where you assume it's one thing and it's not. Um, usually two red lights come on to tell you that it's uh, sensed you and it's picked you up and it, as such it's recording for the next 20 seconds. And I just assumed it was that. I thought maybe they've changed the way it works and the light comes on so that if you've got any people coming over, walking down the path, they know that they're being recorded straight away, something like that. 
I don't know. I, I figured that was what it was. And it wasn't until uh, I missed somebody at the front door, like they banged on the front door and then I opened the door. I was like, why didn't you just ring the doorbell? Like, I did. And then that's when it clicked that the doorbell wasn't working. So I opened up the app. It said, I can't connect to the doorbell. I thought, why can't you connect to the doorbell, you stupid thing? And then it just hit me all at once. Oh, yes, we've changed the internet connection. Now, I was really, really lucky because to change that, you have to take the doorbell off, hold the button down on the back and go through the whole pairing set, uh, uh, sense, uh, the whole pairing setup again. Uh, I had a look. I, I checked the instructions first before doing it. And I was... I just couldn't be bothered doing it. It's, like I said last week, it's January. I don't want to do anything. I'm, I'm, I'm starting my year in February this year, I've decided. Um, so I I couldn't do what I needed to do. So, uh, And then it hit me all at once. The Virgin Media connection is a different uh, socket to the BT connection. So my, my BT internet connection was still working. It doesn't actually go off for another few weeks yet. So I just turned that back on. Everything started working again. So I just spent the next few hours slowly but surely migrating everything over. Uh, so the, the ring doorbell was first. Um, the What else did we have? We've got smart plugs connected to a lamp. Um, I did spend some time trying to fix the lamp in the dark, trying to get the plug to repair because um, I forgot there was a big light that you could turn on. Wasn't so my wife was like, why don't you just turn the light on so you can see what you're doing? Like, oh yes, I'm an idiot. Uh continuing the tradition of me being an idiot. Uh so yeah, the, the light was on. I I reset it. The the plug to the leopard gecko was much more of a problem. Now, they are just cheap home kit plugs we've got. I think the pack was like 35 quid for four of them uh when we bought them, and one of them was broke uh straight out of the box. I sent them back, got a new set, and again, one of them was broke straight out of the box, so I just gave, we only needed two anyway. So if there's one somewhere in the house, I don't even know where it is, uh, that uh, is not being used. And then there's the two, so we have one connected to the lamp, and we have one connected to the Leopard Gecko's uh, UVB light, like I said. Um, getting that to reset was an absolute nightmare. Um, I couldn't log into it to just change the Wi-Fi network. Apparently, the only way you could do it with these plugs is to reset them. Every time I went through the reset process, the plug did what it was supposed to be, supposed to be, supposed to do. Uh, but then when I connected it to HomeKit through the Home app, it just kept saying, this plug is already in a home. Uh, you need to remove it from that home first. Anyway, I just got annoyed with it, left it unplugged for an hour, and then went back to it and it worked. So maybe it just needed some time to uh, lose its memory, I suppose, is probably the only thing I can think it needed doing there. Um, so yeah, that was um, that was the new broadband install. If I'd have known it was going to go so well, I would have done it months ago because, like I said, I was paying way too much anyway, uh, and it was a bit frustrating that I was, but I just didn't want to go through the process of moving it. So next on the agenda this week, uh, just a little story, really. It's it's absolutely nothing um, major this one, but. I just thought it was funny. We um we had a uh, an evacuation at work. Um, I work in a very very big shopping center. Um, given if you've listened to most of the episodes of, of of the show, you will know probably which shopping center that is. It's dead easy to work out. Um, and we had a, an evacuation. It happens quite often. It's not unheard of. Uh, usually it's a test, you know, to make sure that. All the shops are following the right processes, that kind of stuff. 
Um, and, and as far as I'm aware, this was nothing other than a test. There was certainly nothing reported. Um, so we're all stood outside waiting to get back in. And usually we're, we are outside for about an hour or so. Uh, now, it was actually before I started. I just happened to be in town on my way into work. So I went and joined everybody so that when they went back in, I could just go back in with them. And uh, me and one of my colleagues were stood uh, just having a chat. And then we realized that one of our other colleagues, um, and I've spoken to the colleague about this. He knows that uh, he knows what we were saying because uh, I went and asked him about it. Um, I wouldn't talk about it if uh, if he didn't know. Um, but yeah, we um, we noticed that he was staring very intently back at the shopping center, and we made up this little story in our heads that he was um, he was basically trying to carry the shopping center, as in you know carry from the movie carry. He was staring at it so hard that he looked like he was trying to will it to burn down. Um, it turns out, actually, after talking to him, that he was actually just watching through the windows and trying to see if there was anything actually happening because we were outside a little bit longer than usual. So he was actually trying to get an idea of what was going on, uh, which, you know, we probably all should have been doing, but no, we had to rely on one person to do that. So if that person's listening, thank you for looking out for us. Um, but yeah, we did make up a little dialogue in our head. We were like, I was watching... And I was hoping that it would burn. Uh, we were basically being a cross between Batman and Bane. Because um, why not, right? Anyway, I just thought I'd share that. So I think next I'm going to mention uh, the main story of the week. Um, because, well, why wouldn't it be? It was the boy's birthday this week. Boy turned eight, which is mind-blowing. Um, like, I can't describe how odd of a feeling it is to, to see him as an eight-year-old with his own little personality and his own little likes and dislikes and how much he's growing up and how much he reacts differently to things that he used to overreact to or, you know, things things where he would get upset, but now he, how he handles things really, really well. It's it's amazing. It's mind-blowing. It's a, I can't even think of how to describe how that works. It's It's just brilliant watching watching him become his own actual little person uh which i realize he is a little person already but he's, he's i don't know you can i can see his personality and i can see the the, the adult that he's going to be and it's amazing um but for his birthday he got a lot of games so he really likes games he likes board games uh which is great because i like board games as well i'm kind of hoping that one day you might get into D D and we'll be able to play together because I've never really had anyone to play with, um, not on a regular basis anyway. So I've only very briefly played myself, and I really would like to play a little bit more. Um, but yeah, he got loads of board games. He got the Lion King board game, which we played. We decided to have a night of playing board games. So we played the Lion King, um, and then we moved on to another game. And this game is called Fart, and it's a card game. So you get a bunch of cards. And I feel like I should preface this with, it's the best card game I've ever played. So I've got the set in front of me here. Just to give you an idea of some of the cards that are on there, you've got a Wet Rasper, an Eggy Stinker, a Duvet Lifter, a Bean Blaster, a Putt-Putt, a Teeny Weenie, a Pant Ripper, a Stink Bomb. What else have we got? We've got, and then we've got special cards. Uh, and the special cards are uh, like super farts. So you've got Thunder Pants, 
You've got... Let's have a look. Pass the Wind, Silent But Deadly, Gas Mask, Barn Burner. I think that might be all of them. I'll have a look at the instructions and we'll see. Yeah, so what you do with these cards, basically, it's, it's actually a little bit like Uno. You, you give five cards to each player, you put the pile in the middle of the table, you flip one over, and then each player takes it in turns to pop down a card that either matches the title of the card, so the type of fart, or the colour of the card. And if you, if you put the title of the fart down, it's a different colour, that changes the colour. Um, again, I think it's pretty much like Uno from what I can see. Uh, but yeah, the, the special cards that you get, so I'm looking at the instructions now, you get Pass the Wind, Silent But Deadly, Barn Burner, Butt Trumpet, Thunderpants, and Gas Mask. And the idea is that you are supposed to end up with the least amount of points at the end of the game. So you basically, you, you play your cards, and once one player runs out of cards, you add up the points that all the other players have, you write those points down, and the player who's lost all the cards has zero points, so they're the winner of that round. Uh, you write them all down, and then once one player reaches 200 points, um, you then basically, whoever's got the least points at that, part, at that point, said points a lot then, uh, whoever's got the least points at that point is the winner of the, the overall game. Uh, and the game went on for, I'm pretty sure it was about an hour. Um, and we actually only played to 100 uh, because we realised very early on that uh, it was going to be difficult uh, going all the way to 200. Um, and it, it's actually a really fun game. And every time you put a card down, you have to make the fart noise that's on the card. And if you don't make the fart noise, you then have to pick up two extra cards. So we had to keep, obviously, with the kids, we had to keep reminding them to make the fart noises. Uh, but some of the noises, and you, uh, you're allowed to make a fart noise in any way that you can. Um, so you can only imagine the kind of things that went on there. Uh, yes, there were a lot of real farts. A lot of close calls too. So next, I thought I'd tell you a little story. Uh, I like telling you some of the stories from my past, either things I've done that are a bit daft or things that have happened that are funny. Um, this one, I suppose, isn't that funny. It's just um, one of those, yeah, typical kind of situations. Uh, it's back when I first started driving. So before I passed my driving test, I actually bought my first car and I bought myself a little mini and it was a beautiful car. I miss that car so much. If, if I could go back in time and resurrect any of the cars that I ever had, it would be my mini. So it was a, it was a proper classic mini, um, a mini Cooper. Uh, I think it was a Cooper. I actually can't remember. I didn't know that much about them back then. I didn't even know there was a Cooper. I thought they were just all called minis, but yeah, it was lovely. And it was red and it was really shiny because I did been, the paint job had been looked after really well. And I used, I polished it all the time. In fact, sometimes I polished it so much that when I looked out of the window from the top floor of the house I lived in, the roof was so shiny that it looked like a mirror. It was brilliant. Uh, but what it had, it had little tiny wheels uh, and I'm not talking about like wheels on a minute. I'm talking about particularly tiny, but wide wheels. And they were white. Um, they were, I think, I think if I remember rightly, I think they were like nine inch wheels. They were super rare wheels. Um, and it made it look amazing. And they were, they were like nice wide tires. Um, it had a racing uh, steering wheel in there. So it had a smaller steering wheel. 
uh, and it was a 1275 GT engine. And the little thing was rapid. Like, I mean, obviously I was, I, I think I passed my test when I was 18 or 19. I can't quite remember. Pretty sure I was 18. I just turned 18. And it was a great car. It like, it, everything about it was fantastic. And the only reason I got rid of it in the end, and I, and I hate myself for it, but it was when they were, they were making changes to petrol, basically. So we used to have a petrol called Four Star, and my car ran on a Four Star petrol, uh, leaded petrol. So it was, the change was that all petrol was going to become unleaded. And it meant that I had to get a kit installed into the car. And um, I didn't want to install the kit. Now, I would have done eventually. But an opportunity came up where somebody offered to swap at me for a Volkswagen Golf. And I was talked into it. I didn't, I didn't not want the Golf, don't get me wrong, because that was a cool car to have when I was a kid. When I was a kid. Ah, I wasn't a kid driving, don't worry. When, when I was, when, at the age I was, so 18, 19, whatever it was, it, I probably would have been maybe in my early 20s actually by this point, because I did have the Mini for quite a while. Um, it was a cool car to have. It was like the, the boy racer car, if you will. And as much as I wasn't that type of driver, I still wanted to look like it because it was cool. And I got this Golf. I, I literally, I swapped it for the Golf, right? And uh, it was, it's, so back then I I worked in a garage. So I knew a lot of people in uh, in cars and I knew a lot of people in like scrapyards and things like that because we would get parts uh, for cars from there. And it was somebody in the, in a, in a scrapyard I swapped it with. I just saw it. I was like, oh, I like that. It's like, I'll swap it for you a minute. Took it for a test drive, loved it, swapped it. Anyway, after about a week or so of having this uh, Volkswagen Golf, I discovered that it had difficulty going into reverse gear. Um, that was the main problem, to be honest. But there were a few little things that I just didn't like. It was much heavier than my Mini, and it, it wasn't the car that I, I'd hoped it would be. Uh, don't get me wrong, it wasn't terrible. But I, didn't, I just didn't like it. I, I, I was upset that I'd swapped it. So I, I thought, you know what? I'll chance my arm. I'll go back and see what he says and see if he'll swap it back. I, I was like, I, I would have even bought it back if it came to it. Um, I, was, I would have been happy to do that because I, I realised, you know, I made the deal. I, I agreed to it. He let me take it for a test drive. He didn't, he didn't um, hide anything. It's just, I, I don't think he'd driven it himself. It had just come in that day and I don't think he realised how much was wrong with it. So anyway, I went in and uh, I said, look, I've, I've made a mistake. I really miss my Mini. I want it back. And he's like, ah, oh, I wish you'd have come to me earlier. I uh, I crushed it earlier today. I was devastated. Uh, it it basically, he took the engine out of it, taken the wheels off it, taken the exhaust off it because that was new. I'd, I'd, I'd had that fit. And uh, yeah, he crushed it. He put the engine in another Mini that had a, a essentially it was a slightly better body uh, on that Mini. He put the engine in that one and that was it. And the amount of money that he wanted for that was just extortionate, really. Well, it wasn't extortionate. They were expensive cars back then because uh, everyone wanted one. Uh, I just, and I couldn't afford the amount of money that he wanted. And, he, and he, he said he would have swapped it back. I mean, it's easy to say that, I suppose, in hindsight after he's done it. But yeah. So yeah, I uh, I was a bit devastated about that. Uh, so I stuck with a Volkswagen Golf for a few years, if I remember rightly. I managed to get the reversing problem sort of fixed. It was it turned out it was a very well known problem on that car, uh, but I was uh, way beyond any 
period where they would uh, do the repair for free. So I just had to keep getting uh, second-hand gear linkages for it uh, in order to fix it because you couldn't buy the new ones. So yeah, devastated about that. But the reason I was telling you the, the story in the first place was not because of that. Of course, as usual, I went on a bit of a, a tirade. No, uh, the very first day I passed my driving test, I went out in that car for a drive on my own for the very first time. And I, I, I'd already planned the route I was going to take out. I mean, basically, I was like, I'm going to do like a, a half hour to an hour's drive, depending on what the traffic's like, all that kind of stuff. So I went on this drive and I got to this junction. And it it's a fairly difficult junction during busy times, but it's an easy junction when it's quiet because it really doesn't matter if you do it wrong because you, you're okay. And, it, and the reason why I wanted to visit this junction was I knew it was one I was going to be driving on a lot. And I wanted to make sure I understood it properly before I was driving in heavy traffic and I accidentally cut across a lane or something stupid like that because you can't see the, the markings on the floor when all of the cars are on it, which I also, I actually think that's um a bit stupid in itself. In fact, you know what? I'm making a live edit to the schedule right now. I am adding a gripe of the week because I've just thought of what I would like to complain about. And I will come back to that in a bit because we're not at the gripe of the week section yet. But I will come back to that in a little bit. <clears throat> so, as I was saying, um, difficult junction. So, I hadn't even got to the junction at this point, right? I'd sort of gone round a little bit. I, I, it's hard to describe, but basically it's almost like a, a bus terminus, but it's for cars. So I'm rounding this little terminus bit and I get to a giveaway at the end of this road. And all I had to do was turn left. You can't turn right. There is no right turn. Uh, and I stopped at the uh, giveaway and there were cars coming from the right. So I sat and waited for the cars. And as I was sat waiting, the car behind me smashed right into the back of me. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I was a bit shocked. I was a bit shaken um, because a car had just hit me. And in my head, being my first day on the road, I was thinking to myself, oh, what have I done? This has got to be my fault. Um, luckily I, I got myself together pretty quickly and I realized it wasn't my fault whatsoever, um, because I was stopped had to give way and there was traffic. I couldn't have gone if I'd have, uh, if I'd have wanted to, I would have run into cars if I did. So anyway, I got out of the car and it's somebody in a, uh, another car. I think it was a Citroen Saxo. They were really popular back then. Um, and it was a, a girl who had also recently passed the test, and she was hysterical, like absolutely bonkers hysterical. She was crying, um, she was screeching. She she sort of fell out of the car when she opened the door, and she sat on the side of the rug went, I don't know what to do. I was like, oh, my God. Um, so I was like, it's all right. Nobody's hurt. Let's, let's have a look at the damage. Anyway, I had a look at her car. Um, and the front bumper was smashed to bit. It was it, the pieces of it had broken off. It was. I wouldn't be surprised if the insurance wrote that car off. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. I wouldn't have called it a write-off, but it would probably have cost so much to repair that they probably would have written it off. And then I had a look at my car, and there wasn't even a scratch. <laughs> it was solid. It she just ran into. Like I had a big chrome bumper on the back of it, which was standard. It was a like a standard chrome bumper, and she you could. I could see a mark where she'd hit that bumper. I rubbed it with my uh, sleeve and it, the mark just went away. Um, so, I was, so I sort of looked at her and I went, my car's okay, so you don't have to worry about that. 
Um, and I was like, what happened? And she said, I don't know. I just set off. <laughs> so I was like, what? She's like, I, I, I was stopped behind you. And, and I had seen her in my mirror. She was behind me for like about 10 seconds. And I saw her stop. She was fully stopped. And she just, I think she just wasn't paying attention. There were no phones back then. Um, were, oh God, that's mad. There were no mobile phones. Or if there were, they weren't as popular uh, as they are now. And so she couldn't have been distracted by a phone. But I honestly think she was just looking saw the gap in the traffic that I was probably going to go for and just set off, not thinking that I was in front of her. Uh, that's what it sounded like to me. So anyway, I sort of picked her up off the floor and put her back in a car. I was like, look, I, everything's fine on my end. You don't, I, I don't need to make a claim on the insurance or anything like that. Um, you just need to sort yourself out. In hindsight, um, obviously now I wish I would have traded insurance details with her because something could have happened where they still needed to get in touch with me, maybe even to just confirm what she'd done when she contacted the insurance. Uh, I wasn't thinking about it back then, obviously. I was more interested in uh, getting out of Dodge because I didn't want to be around this screaming, hysterical girl anymore. Um, so she uh, um, she got back in the car. I, I drove off, um, and then she drove a little bit after me. And then we got to a, another, well, not another, a set of traffic lights like round the corner. Uh, on quite a on on a main road, a fairly busy main road. It's one of those sets of uh, it's one of those roads where there are several sets of traffic lights, uh, and different traffic lights control different lanes of traffic. And like an idiot, my lights were on green, but I saw the others were on red. And obviously, I was I was a bit more um, I suppose buzzed than I thought I was going to be. Other uh, than I thought I was going to be, then I then I realised. So the adrenaline was pumping, and I saw the red light, and I, so I stopped. I slowed down to stop. She came barreling round the corner. Uh, like, honestly, going so unbelievably fast. I saw her in my mirror and realised that she was going to hit me <laughs> again. Uh, and then I realised what I'd done because I, I suddenly became more aware. My senses were a bit heightened. So I set off. She came barreling round the corner. Instead of just, you know, going round me or, you know, doing something sensible, she decided to honk on her horn. So she's like, swerved across into the other lane, nearly knocking another car out of the way. And she goes, Pass gives me the finger. I was like, I'm pretty sure she didn't realize that that was the same person that she'd just hit. Because as we were driving along, we, um, we, we then ended up both stopped at the next set of lights. And we were sort of side by side. And I looked across at her as if to say, you're nuts. And she looked at me and she, and she, she sort of gave me a shy little wave and went, I'm sorry, uh, through the window and then carried on. I was like, oh, God. Uh, yeah, so that um, fortunately did not rock my confidence. I just carried on because uh, it wasn't my fault. Um, and I still to this day have never been in an accident that I've caused, um, which makes it sound like I've been in loads of accidents. I haven't. The only other time I've been in a car accident uh, that I can recall anyway, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the only other time, is when I, I was once stopped at a roundabout and another car smashed right into the back of me. I was in a Ford Mondeo uh, in this instance, and it was a really busy roundabout and a lot of HGV traffic on this roundabout. Um, and this car slammed right, like, it just came barreling down the road, ran right into me, pushed me out into the roundabout, and a truck was coming straight towards me. And he honked his horn, and I absolutely cacked my pants put the foot down and floored it and just cut across like four lanes of traffic uh, to get out of the way of this truck. Otherwise, I'd be dead now. It, it would have plowed straight through me. 
Um, and I came off at the next exit. The truck followed me off and he pulled over and I pulled over. Um, and the guy who ran into me, um, like, legged it. He, he, he legged it. He floored it. Um, he ran. He, he drove off. Uh, so I uh, I tried to remember the um, number plate. Uh, well, I did remember the number plate. I was I, I remembered it. The guy in the truck wrote it down for me because uh, he, he he had a pen and paper. He jumped out of the cab and he's like, you all right? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Um, I was, I was absolutely fine. Uh, I did, I did have a bit of a sore neck actually for a, a little while, but uh, only a little bit, like nothing major. Uh, anyway, I reported it to the police. Nothing ever came of it. Never heard anything from the police again after that. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, I suppose, a hit and run, if you will, in that type of way. Um, but yeah, the the guy in the truck saw it all, so he he gave me his details and whatnot uh, in case it went to court or anything. But it didn't. So yeah. Yeah, that's the only other accident I've been in that I can recall. Fun times, eh? Well, why don't we uh, ask ourselves uh, a question generated by AI? If only we had a name for that segment of the show. What could we call it? I know. How about AI question of the week? This week's question is... If you woke up tomorrow and discovered you had turned into the animal mascot of your podcast, how would you handle your day-to-day tasks? And what new segment would you introduce to your podcast from your new furry perspective? Well, it's a good job that I have an animal pod- uh, an animal podcast, an animal mascot for my podcast. And of course, the mascot of this podcast is a hippo. Oh, wait, no, no, I read that wrong. B. That's it. It's a B. Yeah, sorry. Hippos come up so often on this podcast that um, that I'm starting to think maybe I should have called it That's a Hippo or something like that. Although that wouldn't have worked because it's called That's a Freebie for a reason. And you don't know the reason yet. Well, some of you probably do. Uh, the rest of you don't. Uh, I'll tell it one day. Um, so uh, if I was to turn into B from the uh, the cover art, I suppose, or the mascot, but it'd be different. Well, for a start, so in my day-to-day job, there are these things that live on the floor that are about knee height that I am forever smashing my knee into. Like, it happens daily, and it it hurts. It really hurts. So I would fly over those for a start. Uh, That would be a, a huge change to the way uh, my uh, day-to-day tasks work. I'll be in much less pain. I don't think anything else would be very particularly different, really. Um, still have arms. I need arms to do most of my day-to-day tasks. Um, I probably have to make sure I don't float whilst doing podcasting because you'd be able to hear the the buzz of my wings. Maybe I should start playing B sound effects over the background of the podcast. No, that's stupid. I'm not going to do that. Um, what new segment would I introduce? Um, suppose I could introduce Hive of the Week. Um, what's uh, what's going on with the different hives in the town? Um, I'm sure there's loads of beehives around. Uh, we did actually once have a beehive in the garden. Um, well, supposedly had a beehive. Our gardener said that we've got a beehive and that he can't cut this specific bush because of the beehive. Um, and then when we called someone out to get rid of the beehive, said beehive a lot, um, there was no beehive. And we told the gardener, he's like, oh, well, there were a lot of bees there. I like it's got flowers in it. Of course, there were a lot of bees there. It's the middle of summer, so yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think much would change really. I'd probably keep it pretty much the same. 
uh, hive of the week, maybe a few few um, sections on honey, maybe different. Uh, oh, we could review honey. That would be cool. Different uh, different types of honey. I do like honey. Mm. I mean, could do that anyway. I was thinking of starting another podcast, actually, where I review different types of food, um, different takeaways in the area. Don't know. Tell me what you think. Or could I add that as a as an add-on to this show? I don't know. I know, I know this show's very new, but I am already trying to think of other podcasts that I could uh, do in the future. Uh, alongside this show, don't get me wrong, I wouldn't replace this show. I think uh, if I do start doing more, this will always be um, a show that I keep going because I find it very therapeutic uh, talking every week about just my week in general. It's almost like a diary for me, really. It's quite good. So let's have a look at a gripe of the week then, uh, seeing as now I have one because when I started, I didn't. Which is often the case, actually. I find the gripe of the week the hardest thing to come up with. Which is funny, considering that I have a lot to complain about during my day-to-day life. But I think um, the truth is, as probably with most things, um, it's the same stuff that you're complaining about over and over again. And half the time, it's just that you're being unreasonable. Uh, I do think that there is a bit of that as well. But hey, so we all are, right? So my gripe of the week is uh, road markings on the ground. They are the most useless thing in the world. So, you know, when you pull up to a junction that's like seven lanes and um, it says on the, the ground in each lane, it's painted in, the, in white paint, uh, what that lane is for, where it goes, what exit it goes to um, on a roundabout, all that kind of stuff. They're useless. <laughs> the, the, the cars are parked on top of them. The only person who can see those is the, is the, is the car in front. And that's before he drives over them or they drive over them. I, I just, I don't get the point of them. I do feel like that at any junction that splits into multiple lanes, especially when you're going from one set of lanes to a, to a different number of lanes so that some of the lanes are combining or expanding, there should be better markings on, on an actual sign, uh, just like you see on the motorway, rather than um, painted on the floor. Yeah, really annoys me. Um, it annoys me particularly because there are two, um, <laughs> interestingly, One of them is the entrance to a roundabout near me, and one of them is the exit from the roundabout near me. In my perspective, obviously, given the the directions that I'm going, uh, it's the entrance and the exit, the opposite way around for other people. Uh, But yeah, um, it goes from uh, four lanes down to three lanes. And what happens is the the left, sorry, not the left, the very right lane becomes the um, third lane when you go underneath the bridge where this junction is and then just after that there then becomes a secondary fourth lane um, and then it goes to five lanes just after that it's a very small junction where the lanes go from uh, four to three to five uh, all in quick succession and most people in the first lane the second lane and the third lane get it wrong so people in the third lane always try sorry no hang on people in the second lane always try and move into the fourth lane on the uh the next set uh which means the people that were in the third lane get pushed into a wall basically or hit the car so you have to either set off really really quickly and beat the other car to it so that they realize where they've gone wrong or you have to just let them go you have to go a little bit slower to let them go it's all right when it's not busy but it's a very busy junction it's it's like one of the busiest junctions in manchester um 
So yeah, that's a bit annoying. I wish they'd change that, but hey, roads were roads, right? They've been built for ages. Got a pretty nice pick of the week for you this week. Um, the pick of the week is quite a general one. It's not a specific uh, brand, if you will, uh, but I'll probably talk about a couple. Um, it is an air fryer. I really do think everybody should have one. Um, I held off for a very long time. We bought our air fryer, I think, in October of last year. Uh, which isn't that long ago when you think about it. It's last year sounds like a long time ago, but it isn't. And it really has changed a lot of things for us. So, I mean, just to be able to cook bacon in it alone is amazing. It, the bacon cooks so evenly and quickly, uh, just like everything, actually. Everything seems to cook far quicker in an air fryer. Um, it is probably the most used piece of equipment in our kitchen. Uh, to the point where I had to actually use the oven last night uh, for something that couldn't be done in the air fryer. Uh, or I don't think it could have been done in the air fryer. I, I, I'm pretty sure it would have gone very badly if I did. Uh, it was a curry. Um, now, I imagine it would achieve warming it up, but I think it would just really dry it out as well and probably spray the curry all around the inside because uh, I have noticed that anything that can move will move. Um, so do bear that in mind when you're using an air fryer. Uh, especially if it's foil, make sure you put the foil on the bottom under the tray if you're going to put some in. I never do, as is really good non-stick, so I'm quite happy with that. Um, it's just a fairly cheap one as well. I bought it from Asda, one of the Asda home brands ones, uh, but the, the larger one that they do. Um, we've not yet had a situation where we've not been able to put something in it. The only thing I do wish, and I, there's probably a way I can achieve this, I just haven't looked into it yet. I wish it had two levels, like I wish it had... Um, like another stand that you can put inside it so you can put some something on top of that uh, and have it cook both uh, both levels. Uh, maybe it's doable. I'll have to look into it. Um, I certainly would, if you have got the money to shell out for it, try and get one that has either two compartments or has two shelves in it because you'll wish you did. Um, I do wish now that we bought one like that. Uh, one of my friends actually recently... Uh, uh, well, recently, just a few days ago, bought uh, their first uh, air fryer, uh, bought it online without seeing it first, and they've done exactly that. They bought a two-level one. Uh, they were very surprised by how big it was. Uh, they are quite large. You can get smaller ones, but you know, if, if like us, you're cooking for a full family, uh, you want it to be um, bigger. Um, so yeah, check it out first before you buy it, just to make sure it fits in your space and that you can reach the buttons on top. We We have an issue in our kitchen where... The cupboards are quite low, uh, or I think they are. They seem low to me. Like if you put anything under underneath where the cupboards are, uh, there's not much space. Like the toaster, for example, it's really hard to get the toast in and out of the toaster because it's so close to the cupboards. Um, the same goes with the air fryer, but fortunately it's slanted on the front, which is the reason why I bought this one. Uh, it gives you access to the controls and the touchscreen controls as well, so it makes it a little bit easier. Uh, but yeah, get an air fryer. Um, we cooked our turkey in the air fryer this year. I may have already mentioned this. Um, I say this every week. May have already told you this, but I'm going to tell you again anyway. Um, not everybody listens to every episode, so you might have missed the story. Why not tell it again? Uh, I Yeah, we cooked the turkey in the air fryer this year. We got a turkey crown, uh, and it had the little stumps where the wings were uh, still on the crown, which usually when we buy a crown, it doesn't have them. Uh, so I was a bit surprised. I don't know if that's different this year or i've just forgotten that it has that previously but uh i don't remember it doing uh anyway turkey crown goes in the air fryer we basted it 
uh, flip, you, you cook it upside down to start with. Um, every uh, recipe or, well, recipe is a turkey. You don't need to put it together. But every uh, set of instructions we found for cooking a turkey all said start with it upside down. Uh, so I did. Started with the turkey upside down. And whilst it was in the air fryer, uh, the wings expanded. Uh, so it basically opened up uh, as, as, as if it was putting its hands in the air. Uh, like it just didn't care and it clearly didn't care because it got stuck in the air fryer uh, so i had to get a plastic spatula and push the legs down um that's to sort of reach in and over because it's a drawer that slides out so to reach in and over it's like when you your junk drawer in the kitchen gets jammed because you put the spatula in it the wrong way the irony is this time i was using the spatula to get the thing out the drawer um so yeah i uh, got the turkey stuck in but then we, we it came out flipped it over and cooked it again for however long it was. I can't remember now. Uh, well, I do remember the whole turkey cooked in 50 minutes and it should have taken an hour and a half in the oven. Uh, and it was amazing. Like the, the outer skin was crispy. The turkey was actually juicy. It wasn't dry. And now I've never had turkey that's not dry. Uh, I've just always thought that turkey was a really dry meat. Turns out it doesn't have to be. Cook it with an air fryer and it's fine. It was the best turkey we've ever had to the point where so we always cook two meats we cooked a uh, turkey and a gammon and we ran out of turkey this year usually what happens is we end up putting a load of turkey in tupperware tubs put it in the fridge saying that we'll have uh, sandwiches like the next day and then never eat it because it's so dry and then chuck it and this year it was all eaten on christmas day we we ended up with uh, gammon left over um so yeah that was uh, that was really really nice um i recommend it to everybody to close out this week um i first of all need to give you an answer to a previous question that i asked do y'all remember what that question was it was um on your cereal do you like hot milk or cold milk now i've had a few answers to this question and something that i have noticed is that there is a definite split in um, where people grew up on the answer to this question. So everybody that I know uh, from the UK has said to me, cold milk, except maybe on, um, was it Weetabix? Yeah, hot, hot milk on Weetabix, apparently. Um, I think it was Weetabix. I can't remember. It was certainly something like that. Uh, but for everything else, cold milk, even on Weetabix, cold milk is fine and accepted as well, um, which I completely agree with. That is my um, preference when it comes to uh, the milk on my cereal. However, I have noticed that everybody else I've spoken to that is not from the UK or the US, I suppose, uh, in fact, thinking about it, mostly uh, European countries, um, have all said hot milk. Or warm milk, probably. Obviously, hot would be too hot to eat. But yeah, warm milk uh, is apparently much more common uh, outside of the UK than cold milk, by the sound of it. Now, do bear in mind, I only have a small subset of people who I have uh, asked this question to, but it's been a very consistent answer uh, to the point where uh, someone who I spoke to about it did actually tell me that when they first came to the UK, they... Um, they experienced cold milk for the first time at breakfast club at school uh, and wasn't expecting it and wasn't able to communicate uh, in English because they didn't speak English that they um, 
that they didn't like the the cold milk and they just spat it out and was really upset and everybody around them probably looked at them thinking that they were very very rude and yeah he told me that he went home and uh he said i want to go home and yeah it made me feel really sorry and and yeah it's just not nice is it so yeah um maybe we uh we need to reevaluate the hot milk versus cold milk situation because we're upsetting people that ain't nice anyway moving on <laughs> um you know who you are sorry you had to experience that but yeah moving on um the next question and i think this will divide people oh, actually it might not divide people i think the answer to this is going to be very similar for most people uh, probably for the same reason i'm answering it the way i am but we'll uh, we'll come back to that next week but the question is would you rather have more time or more money <laughs> 